the Lord's house. And I do pray tonight if you would give me a, if you would listen on purpose tonight the truth of the word of God can, that God has here can teach you how to be a good Christian. I didn't say a good church member. I didn't say it would motivate you to be faithful. I didn't say it would do it, but it will te- teach you how to be a good Christian. Micah chapter number 6. If you forgot your place, it's 950 in a Schofield Bible. If you get close to uh, Nahum or Habakkuk, you, you're right there at it. Amen. Just keep it turn. Or close to Jonah, I mean, you're, you're right in the vicinity of it, all right? And of course, we do have some copy of the notes. We started last week on this thought of lessons on justice. You will not need to turn to this, but the Bible says in Isaiah 59, 14, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off for truth, for truth, for truth. I'm going to come back to that a little later, so I need you to make sure you get it. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. In Micah chapter number 6 and verse number 8. Now, if you've got your place there, look this way for just a moment. This, This verse would be somewhat difficult to understand if you did not understand the entire chapter. Chapter number 6, the Lord comes to the a covenant people and He literally calls them to witness. And He said, O my people, what have I done unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Here's what He said, testify against me. He said, I want you to stand up. I want you to tell me why it is you won't serve me, you won't love me, testify in how I've mistreated you. Now, this is not a salvation passage because the reality is saved people can never do justice. I mean, unsaved can never do justice, only saved. But what this is here is this. It is, it is a courtroom scene and the Lord called witnesses. And he said, you know, I, I brought you in this journey out of, out of uh, Egypt, Egyptian slavery. He said, I, I, I gave you uh, uh, leaders I gave you water, I gave you bread. He said, I've been with you through the journey. He said, I put up with your unbelief and your rebellion and your disobedience. He said, I put up with all that junk. And so he comes and 
he demands for them to tell him why they won't serve him. I wonder tonight what it would be if God said, testify to me why you won't love me and serve me and give me a proper place. Then the people, here was their answer. Here was a reply. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of the year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn to my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sins of my soul? The people come and say, my God, what do you want from us? What do you want me to bring? You want me to bring 10,000 cattle and sacrifice? Hey, you want my firstborn? He said, what do you want us to bring to you? And then the Lord answered this question. Now you have to understand something. The people were hiding behind a veneer of religious activity. But the worship and the place of God serving him and loving him, they, they, they were coming to the temple, they were offering their sacrifices. But in reality, when they left, they weren't serving him, they weren't loving him. And here's what he said, here's the text. He said, what do, you, what do you want us to do? Verse number 8. He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee? Okay, get ready. You ask him, he's going to tell you what he wants from them. They are covenant people. Can I just say what he wants from us here tonight? Number one, he said, I want you to do justly. Number two, to love mercy. And number three, and to walk humbly with thy God. My, what a verse. Tonight, with the help of God, we want to look at this thought of response to justice. Again, I'd say people who think they are doing justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God, only fooling themselves, no matter how moral our lives may be. Because the only people God can save are lost people. And the only people God can forgive are guilty people. What doth the Lord require of thee? Well, tonight, let's look at these three things. Number one, first thing he said this. He said, to do justly. Now, last week, last Wednesday night, we looked at this thing of justice. What is justice? Well, first thing we said about justice is this. Everybody here has an area of justice. You have an area of judgment. If you're a father, a husband, you have an area of judgment. If you're parents in a home, you have an area of judgment. 
the, where you work, that supervisor in that department has an area of judgment. As pastor of this church, this is, I have an area of judgment. Those of you that teach a Sunday school class, you have an area of judgment. Those that you teach in a, in a school setting, you have an area of judgment. And we said that that is justice is making judgment within your area. Number two, we said this. Nowhere do you have the right to judge somebody else's area of judgment. And uh, we looked at this, and let me reiterate it. And the reason that, it's, that, it, that is an absolute, uh, almost impossibility, is because you don't know the complete truth in that area of judgment. You know what you think, what you perceive. And let me just say this. The, the, most, the, the most unjust individual there is is somebody that thinks they can pass judgment on someone from a distance. How unjust. You don't know truth. You can't. It's an impossible. You're unjust because you don't know truth of that individual's life. And, and that's the reason why when we start moving into other people's areas of judgment, why we, we, we get into trouble. Because the truth is, you don't know the truth of what's going on. Nobody knows my home like I know my home, amen. I know what we put on display when we come to church. I know what we display on the job. But the truth is, if I wanted to know the real you, I got to come and live with you a while, amen. Because somewhere the real you's going to come out. And I might be saying, whoa, goodness, I didn't see that coming. And you don't know truth, so you're unjust in stepping in anybody else's judgment. Uh, some, uh, I think maybe George, when uh, somebody teaches, I'm telling you, I, I, I pray for teachers. I, I get my grandkids around for a little while. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nurse jerk. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I'll say, I don't know how they do it. Uh, it's because you, and when you, until you know the truth of an area. Well, I'll tell you one thing, bless God. He just asked me, I tell him how to pastor a church. Well, ask you a question. Have you ever pastored a church? Can I ask you another question? Have you ever pastored a church in 2013? It's a crazy world out there. Well, no, but, but, no, no buts. You're stepping into an area of judgment. You know nothing about it. And, uh, and, and that's what gets us in trouble. Number three, number three. And because we don't know the truth of that area. It's number three, number three. When you step into somebody else's area of judgment, you become responsible for it. You become responsible. 
I mean, when you step into it, it not, they didn't invite you to. You just, I'm going to do it. I'm, I bless God. I'll straighten this mess up. I'll go tell them how they'll raise their young ones. I'll tell you why I will tell what I'm going to do. I would, you, you just held yours. If somebody whips your hind end, don't whine one bit. Don't whine one bit. Don't whine one bit. I, I, I remember, thought, I hadn't thought about this for years. But uh, we, had a, we had a fellow uh, lived, was married to my aunt, actually. He, he, come, he come flying in the house one day. Well, my daddy met him at the backyard. And he started, he said something, my daddy went, bam! I got out there. I said, Hallelujah. <laughs> he felt awful about that. But I want to, but the truth. So when you step in to another's area of judgment, that's not your area. We said last week, sometimes areas of judgment overlap. Whenever, uh, for instance, uh, I'm, this is my area of judgment. Underneath me is areas of judgment, those that teach a Sunday school class. Uh, Brother Ronnie and taking care of the money. And so our areas of judgment overlap. However, if I'm going to be just and I put a teacher in, then I'm going to support that teacher I'm going to give her the support that she needs. And before I judge anything, you know, if a teacher, somebody come and say, you know, the teacher talked this morning that we come from monkeys. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go see. Now, did you say that? Is that the truth? Because if we don't get truth in it, you can never be justice. I said this last week, and this is, i got to move on. Last week is only one has perfect justice. Only one. Only one has perfect justice. That's Jesus. And I don't think I mentioned this. It was in my notes. So this is the, the rest of last Wednesday night. Because of that, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not, I'm not going to pass judgment in your area of judgment. Because only one has perfect judgment. And if I don't know the truth of that, if I don't know all the truth about it, then it's an impossibility for me to judge it anyway. And so I've got no right to pass judgment on you. Now that's justice. He said to do justly. Now, what he's talking about here, though, he takes it to another level. Someone has said justice is the balancing of the scales. But there is a just, we, we talked about there's a justice of the judge in the courtroom, the teacher in the classroom, the parent in the home. But what he's saying here to this group of people in Micah is this. He said, I I want you to go to another step, another level, and that is the judgment within our hearts towards others. The judgment we have in our hearts. Because a just person has justice in their heart. Note in verse number 8. He said this. He said, moreover, it's required. He said, this is what the Lord requires. 
I, and he has showed the old man what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee. The word require means to interpret, means to expound. It is to take the truth of God's word and interpret it each and every day of our life. It means this. It means that God said, I want you to take your salvation, your Christianity, and I want you to live it every day of your life. He said, I want you to be a living sermon. They come and said, now Lord, you want us to bring a thousand cattle? You want, us to, you want a firstborn? And, uh, and, and he said, no. No, that's not what I want. I I believe God's thrilled you're here tonight. But he wants something more than you just being here tonight. I I thank God for those that love God and uh, support his work and and, and, and all they do. And I I believe that pleases God. I know it does. He blesses us. But he wants something else. What, What do you want from us? He said, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to be a living sermon to a lost world every day. And to do that, he said, now, now hold it. Well, well, I'll think about Jesus. Not time out. This ain't no thinking about something. A requirement. A command. He is instructing us. He's the required. He's not saying, this is not a desire. This is a command. God said, this is what I expect of you as a Christian. God expects us to be faithful. God expects a whole lot of things. But one of the things God expects of us is to live this out in everyday life. So he comes... And he starts and he says, now listen. He said, I want you to do justly. Write this word down if you don't get the notes. Action. To do justly. To do, to do, to do justly. The first responsibility of Christian parents is to do justly. The first responsibility of school teachers to do justly. justly. First responsibility of Sunday school teacher, a pastor, any position of leadership is to do justly. The word justly there means to govern in a right manner. It has the ideal of an action and dealings towards another that tells them it is this, an outward integrity an outward integrity it, it, it's not something you, you don't need to get a badge tomorrow and say I'm going to be just do just put a big old round no 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 it's not to be proclaimed it's to be practiced wonderful illustration I run an upholstery department and uh, uh, God help us I now, that's enough right there to put somebody on Prozac right there. I'll tell you it is. And uh, I had three ladies that were trimmers. And uh, uh, one lady was very, very, very open about the fact she didn't live for God. She didn't serve God. Kind of a little on the rough side. And another lady 
I go to church, but that's about it. And I'm, I'm not sure I got any more out of that. But this one lady, she always talked about, why well, I tell you, I, I just love church. Well, I'm going to tell you this much. She didn't do her job justly. She would steal and connive to get a piece that paid a little better. Yeah. She, she literally, she literally done, it's just hard to believe. She literally wrote a book about me for a year. And every day detailed everything I did and took it to the president of Hickory Chair Company. He read it. He did. And uh, he called her, he called me to his office, called her up there. He said, he said, I read your book from cover to cover. He brought my supervisor, me and her. He looked at my supervisor and he said, I ought to fire you for letting this junk go on. Number two, looked at me and said, well, this made me feel good. I, my head swelled up. I, I hope this was up again for you. He said, I read this book. He said, I ought to give you a raise. I said, well, do it. Do it. He looked at her and said, you're right. I'm, you know why she done that? Because she wanted me to fire the one that's a little slower. They had two kids and a single mother. And she was a little slow. She wanted me to fire her so she could, instead of making $29 an hour, she could make $33 an hour. She wanted me to fire her so she could get more work. Now, I'm thankful. And I never forgot that. Because what he did was, he was justly in what he did. But she was unjust. Can I just say this? She's the biggest joke in my department of Christianity. None of them had any respect for her whatsoever as a Christian. You know why? She wasn't just. She didn't approach her job justly. And God said, what, can, what, what do you want me to do? I, I require you to do justly. And you do that within the area of your judgment. You've got to, and in every area, no matter what, and if you do it right, that means sometimes you've got to get to the bottom and find out what the truth is. What the truth is. I guess we would all say this, and or I have, and I won't, I won't put you in that bucket, but I have. I have punished my kids when they were smaller, and not, and not justly. Not justly. Not justly. You say how? Because I made the assumption they'd done something that they didn't do. Now I want to ask you to raise your hand. Because the truth is, we've all done that. We've all done that. How we're not. So, it is, and by the way, it's an impossibility to be right with God and wrong with the people around you at the same time. 
So number one, do justly. Action, action. I, I won't go into the, read this because of the lateness of the hour already. But in Joshua 22, and I hope you'll go home and read it. In Joshua chapter 22 in verses 10 down through 31, you, you find the story. Um, the children of Israel, the three tribes, they've had fight the battle. They, they, they've done what they said they would do. They were honest. They fought the battle. They started back across the river. They stopped at the river's edge, and they built an altar. And the crowd over here made the assumption they're offering sacrifices down there. They assembled an army to go destroy them. But thank God, somebody said, let's go hunt the truth. So they go down and they ask them. And here's what they said. They said, we didn't build this altar to burn sacrifices and offerings on it. He said, we built this so our children would remember what took place here. Oh, that's why you, oh yeah, that's why I done it. So number one, he said do justly. Number two, number two, to love mercy. If you're, you're taking notes and you don't get these notes, write down beside the attitude God said, I want you to do justly. To love mercy. To love mercy. The word mercy literally means a covenant loyalty. It has the ideal of a loving kindness and forgiveness. Uh, it has the ideal that if someone offends me, mistreats me, hurts me, my job is not to get back at them. To fully understand mercy, we've got to remember, grace and mercy is what saved us. Number two, grace and mercy are heaven's tag team when you and I need help. He said, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Mercy is this. is not believing something Unless you know, know it's true. God, how unmerciful we are. Did you, did you, hear, what brother, did you hear what Brother George Brown done? Blah, 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 blah. And, and in amazing, we believe it. And yet the one that's telling us is lost, undone. How unmerciful. Here's what he said. He said, I want you to go out. And I want you to do justly. That's an action. Number two, he said, this is the spirit, the attitude that I want you to do it in. He said, I want you to love mercy. I believe there's a man in the Bible that displayed this perhaps greater than anybody you could have ever imagined. Apart from the Savior, apart from the Savior, Saul throwing javelins at David. He's assembling an army. He's chasing him like a dog to kill him. He's, he's going to murder him. He's going to destroy him. Saul lays down in a cave. And they said, David, here's your chance, man. 
you can, you can administer justice now. He, they give him a take his spear over there, and you go there and then you ram him to the ground. David gets that spear, he heads that away. He says, Oh, oh. He goes and he sees him. The Bible says he cuts off the bottom of his of his coat. And he walks back to the other hillside. He holds, Saul, Saul! Saul wakes up, comes, he said, Do you recognize this? Do you recognize this? That is doing justly, but loving mercy. I'm going to tell you something. They ain't one of us. Just, just, just get, just get off. Just, just lay a halo off for a little bit. One of us could survive a day without God's mercy. We've got to have his mercy. And God said, if I'm to do justly, and, and, he, and that's a command, that's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to do it and love mercy. Now, let me tell you where we get in trouble. And, and I, I hope you'll get this. I really do. We... And I have no face or name in mind, so don't try to think of who it is. I really don't. Clementine comes to see the pastor. Now, pastor, um, I, I, can, can I talk to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, sure, come on in. Well, pastor, you know, uh, this happened and that happened and, and, and this happened and, and that happened and, and this. And, and, and I, I guess I've heard it so often. Uh, I, I say, And then when it gets down to the end, this is it. Can the church help me with $250 to pay a light bill? Okay. But I, I know... For a fact, and I know this to be true, not not perception, truth, that when she got paid, she bought dope with it, her money. Now, how do we how do we reconcile? Because now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to do justly, okay? I'm going to do justly. And mercy slides up over here and says, Will you extend mercy? Behold it. Not at the price of truth. Justice and judgment standeth afar off because mercy fell in the street. Are you awake? No. Truth has fallen in the street. And if I love that person 
and do justly, I'm going to have to say, well, what went with your money? It's not that I want to extend mercy, but I've got to be honest enough to tell that individual, now listen, you can't do that. And we're going to help you this time, but we can't do that. You, you can't be doing that. That's not right. Not only is it sin, it's illegal. And that's truth. Because even though you, you want to give mercy, and, and we've got to love mercy, but now, you, listen, I, I've been down this road more than you can imagine, and I love mercy, but not to compromise and sell out truth. Because then there'll be no justice at all. It stands for us. And you can't be just. Let me pipe you one more. And I want everybody here to look straight at me because you wouldn't believe how often this happens down through the years. Okay, Clementine comes to see me. I hope your name ain't Clementine. <laughs> Clementine comes to see me. Now, Pastor, yada, 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 can, can you give me $250 to pay my light bill? And I say, you know, you know now, Clementine, now listen, honey, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Now, now, you know, we talked about this last time. We, we talked about the fact that, you know, you... you now, you told me, I asked you, you told me, you bought drugs. Now, did you do, yeah, yeah. Well, now, now Clementine, I'm sorry. I, I can't in good conscience give God's money to, to, to this. If, I'm sorry, Clementine, I can't. So Clementine comes back out. She meets her buddy. She sits with on the pew. Well, what did he say? He said he couldn't help me. He couldn't help me. They just don't love me. Now hold it. So she gets in a tizzy. And she calls somebody else. I, I ain't going to believe this. The church ain't going to help her. What's wrong with them? They don't love her. Ah! <laughs> and then that too will hook up with another. And then you got three going. Ah! And then somebody will pick up a phone and say, Now, Pastor, why aren't you helping her? What's wrong with you? Why aren't you helping her? Number one, the first person had been just should have said, Well, I tell you what, let's do. Clementine, you come with me. We're going to go talk to the pastor. Me and you are going to go talk to the pastor. We're going to find out why. He didn't. And then that person will say, oh, no, no, that's all right. That's okay. That's all right. He'll be like, we're okay. We're okay. That's okay. Now, if they do come to me, they have invited that person into this area of judgment. Not me. If it ever happens, I'm going to say, well, now, Clementine, you need to be honest with her. You'd be surprised at the times people's accused us, well, they don't pray for us no more. But you know what? Then others get involved in it. 
And you know what? They didn't tell that person. They didn't tell the person the times I've sat in my office during the week and took the last $20 I had in my pocket and give to them. They don't know the times. I called Brother Todd. I said, Todd, I, I know it's a little bit questionable, but let's, let's try to help them anyway. Ain't that happening? Love and mercy. And then, when they get a little sideways over something, and then somebody else jumps in, don't area of judgment, and other business. You know why? Because they didn't have enough justice about their self to say, huh? They never got the truth. I've never been all to pieces, but one time, I mean, really, really beside myself. I mean, really beside myself. As a man wrote me a letter, made the accusation that I didn't love the people in this church and that I mistreated Ronnie as an employee. Those fellows are sitting here. I got Ronnie, I got Todd. I said, you fellas go to my office and you sit down and I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If this is truth, you come straight to me and say, Pastor, that's true. And I'll change you. And I'll change you. And they read it. And then they come out and they won't go hurt this man. I said, we can't do that. That's not just. Love mercy. Love mercy. Because it wasn't truth. You say, man, man, that's tough. That's tough. In an unjust world, that is tough working with unjust people. And the greatest, the greatest, the greatest, most damning thing that's happening in America today is a lack of justice. How do we do that? He tells us. Here's how you do it. You walk humbly with your God every day. Because you say, why humbly? Proud people. Proud people. Well, I tell you right now, bless God, I come, I straighten up third youngins, bless God. I say, I do this. You're so homely proud. You ain't got enough sense to figure out how's yours doing. I love my youngins with to no end. But I still are working on them. And you know how long you'll work on them? Till they leave out of here. Pride that says we're better or we know more that we got the right to judge anybody. The right to judge someone. I don't know about you. I don't think I might get a Christian. I don't know that I'm not a good Christian. 
Matter of fact, the more I keep getting into this studying and praying, the more I find out I, I just gotta shut up about trying to judge anybody. I, I'm just not that good a Christian. Because when you start walking humbly with God, walking humbly with God, it does something. When it becomes a time to do justly and love mercy, how many times you find yourself, God saying, hey, hey, you remember? You remember when I should have just wore your pants off for what you've done? Don't look at me like you ain't done stuff. You, you know, you remember? But instead of wearing your pants off, I just loved you anyway. And I just should have just, I should have just blistered you good. He said, you remember that time when you've done that really stupid thing and you asked me and I made it go away? And he says, now it's your turn to do justly and love mercy. And it is David a cutting the bottom off of the a robe walking to the other side of the hill and saying, God, I don't think I can do that. He's your anointed. I don't think I can do that, God. God said, that's right, you can't. Because God said this. If you ever get a hold of this, you ever get a, it'll change your life. You don't have to right the wrongs that people do to you. The Bible says vengeance is mine. And, oh, and, and, and David, God told David, said, David, don't you worry about that. He said, I got a battlefield down the road awaiting on Saul. And he said, as a matter of fact, he said, I, I, I'll, I'll take care of it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Vengeance is mine. Do justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly with thy God. Because if you're not walking humbly, you're walking proudly. And then all of a sudden, you get to thinking, wow, man, everybody just ought to bow. I'm going to sing. I, I know what. No, no, no. Walking humbly with our God every day. And uh, my goodness, that is tonight how to be a good Christian. It's not just about going to church. I'm, th I'm glad you're here. But it's about being the church. It's about being the church. It's not a matter of just living life. It's a matter of loving life. To do justly, action. To love mercy, attitude. To walk humbly, ability. Ability to do justly and mercy. And ladies and gentlemen, if we would work and ask God to help us, we could produce the greatest Christians this world has ever seen. Let's all stand to our feet.